G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might like to contribute and be a part of a conversation that talks about the worship of Christians and when we align our worship to things that have happened in biblical times, is that a valuable thing? What sort of significance might that have for Christian worship? Well, opening the talkback lines on 1-800-316-316, you might like to have your say today. Two special guests in the studio with me, Greg Cumming, who is the founder of the Kingdom Festival. Now, the Kingdom Festival is to be held on the Gold Coast later this month. And uh, being the Gold Coast, there's obviously that little spark that says... Why don't I have a holiday on the Gold Coast and what would be a great reason to do that? And uh, one of those great reasons might be to participate in a worship festival called the Kingdom Festival 2016. Greg Cumming, who's the founder of that festival, also leads what is known as the King's Church on the Gold Coast. And also with Pastor Greg Cumming today is Pastor Bill Laver, part of the team of the Oversight Committee for the Kingdom Festival 2016. Now, every autumn... Uh, which is autumn in the Northern Hemisphere, spring for us, a somewhat obscure eight-day festival uh, with a a 3,500-year history is celebrated around the world. The festival is the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles, also known as Sukkot or the Feast of Booths. And uh, there is going to be a festival, and we might be saying, well, what is the value of this sort of festival? Let's welcome our special guests. Uh, Welcome, first of all, to you, Greg Cumming. Thank you, Neil. Great to be here today. And uh, Bill, uh, great to have you in the studio with us as well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let's go. First of all, Greg, uh, as the founder of this festival, and some people will say uh, the the way that the festival comes together, it's a Jewish celebration, and then there's a Christian alignment to that. What is the connection here? Um, the answer to that goes back to uh, how we began the festival and it started with a word of the Lord to me in 2010 when I was in a hotel in Johannesburg. My wife and I ran a mission over in Mozambique and uh, I used to travel over there. I I was uh, in my room at, and woken up at two o'clock in the morning and uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, I would like you to start an event on the Gold Coast in spring and with a great focus on the return of the Lord. Uh, and uh, at that time we, we were working in the mission uh, that we'd started some uh, 15 years earlier and uh, there was no real expression for me to be able to start that festival. Soon afterwards, I was uh, I took up the position at King's, the pastor of King's Church, which was a, uh, a largest church on the Gold Coast, and suddenly we had a group of people that we could uh, incorporate into this vision. So we started that festival um, in 2012 in, in response to that word from the Lord, not really knowing what was uh, you, you know anything about a Jewish feast or the Feast of Tabernacles or anything? We just uh, started a, a festival. Uh, later on, it soon became clear to me, having been a pastor or a preacher for some thirty odd years, uh, that we'd been talking. I mean, as most pastors would talk on the Feast of Tabernacles or the you know the Passover or uh, the the Feast of um, uh, uh, Shavuot, which is Pentecost. 
but you know I've taught on those over the years but not really understood them and their significance but now it took on a whole new significance as um, we as a team began to put on this event to bring churches together to worship the Lord in a sense of preparing the world for the Lord's return and uh, as uh, that started to unfold to me I the Lord revealed to me that these are not just Jewish feasts uh, every one of these significant events that took place that the Israel nation uh, was commanded to to keep actually has had a significant fulfillment uh, for example the Passover which was kept uh, since Moses's day and the children of Israel left Israel uh, left Egypt rather uh, from slavery uh, they were commanded to keep this Passover celebration every year and we know as Christians that that was fulfilled in its fullness uh, when Jesus died on the cross and that is not just for the Jewish people we understand as Christians living uh, far far away from Israel in Australia that that had significant impact on us here on the other side of the world so it in- impacted the whole world and if you run through each one of those feasts there is a significant fulfillment in four of them at least at this point in time that has impacted the world um, the ones that have not been fulfilled and have not seen that great impact are the last three, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which Bible scholars would tell us are yet to be fulfilled. And really, uh, a the, the major theme of those festivals is not the coming of Jesus the first time, but the return of Jesus. And so we have, since we started the festival, understood more uh, deeply the the significant relation between these festivals and the major impact of the return of Jesus on the world. Let me ask you what for some will be an obvious question. Uh, Where you've got, uh, as you mentioned, the Passover, which we align with Easter, Uh, and you've got Pentecost, which is a major event, Uh, and then we talk about Uh, This coming time, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, some will say, isn't this a uh, simply an excuse, an opportunity to have a gathering? Or is there some deeper spiritual significance that we ought to look forward to when we actually gather for a celebration like this? I think that uh, the examples you gave, Passover and Pentecost, are a great example of, uh, particularly to the Christian church, uh, they are an opportunity to come together. We often celebrate Easter exactly on the, the you know the dates of the Passover uh, as outlined in the scripture. But uh, when we come together at Easter, that is a significant spiritual event. We're remembering the Lord Jesus came and died on the cross. When we come, to come together, and uh, I don't know about most churches, but our church certainly celebrates the day of Pentecost as the day that God sent the Holy Spirit onto this earth and began the church age. We have a celebration of that. As for us, we actually bring a harvest offering. You know, it's a day that we can just take an offering up and and thank God for the the the, the, the sending of the great mighty Holy Spirit. With these last three uh, festivals, we align with them in some ways, without being over religious. We're not Jewish in any way, but they are festivals that will impact all people, particularly Christians, uh, not to observe them, but to acknowledge them. We celebrate something on each one of those. So, for example, the Feast of Trumpets, which started on Sunday night, which is the 2nd of October, uh, we we started a 10-day prayer and fasting. We're in the middle of that at the moment in our church. We have a 24-7, 24-10, round-the-clock prayer and fasting 
just to you know align ourselves with what happens over in Israel, a blowing of the 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 trumpet, a, an announcing you know um, you know alarming the people to get ready for the next great feast, which is Yom Kippur, which is the day that the great high priest would go into the holy place, the most holy place, and uh, sprinkle the blood of the unblemished lamb over the 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 top of the mercy seat for the atonement for the nation of Israel. And then five days later, the great celebration would take place, and that was the Feast of Tabernacles, which indicated the end of the harvest. No more harvest to come in. It, it celebrated the, the Lord taking the children of Israel through the desert for 40 years and living in little booths. Well, that significant spiritual fulfillment of that is the return of Jesus and his rule and reign, as it outlines in Zechariah 14 and Revelation, Isaiah and Jeremiah, and hundreds of prophecies about this issue, that he is the king of kings ruling and reigning in the kingdom of God in this world. So, uh, for, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, it is something that we can look at and say, well, here's a date. We'll observe a date or acknowledge a date. But it does come with tremendous, significant spiritual um, experience or acknowledgement. And Bill Laver, I mean, you could have called the festival and aligned it with all sorts of things. You could have called it a spring festival or you could have called it an October festival. Although uh, an October festival, that's already been taken, hasn't it? The beer festival in Germany. But there is something significant, isn't there? If you're going to have a festival and a celebration, to align it with what we can find in the Bible, uh, there's significance that uh, goes uh, generationally uh, uh, across millennia. It it is significant, aligning the festival to a biblical uh, foundation. Yeah, definitely, Neil. The point is that uh, God commanded Moses to observe these feasts and uh you know we're not we're not jewish by any means but when god says something and i think sometimes the the christian churches uh sideline some of those important issues that god has placed in his word for us to follow now we we don't uh like the jews um simply uh, observe all these uh feasts but the feast of tabernacles is very important in the sense that uh, a God uh, informed Moses to keep it, but in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, if uh, we believe, and it says in the Bible, that uh, that every nation will go up and celebrate this uh, Feast of Tabernacles with the Lord on his return. So it's going to be an eternal uh, time, a season, a festival, and the essence of it is that we come to celebrate it with our Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to come back and rule and reign on the earth. And we as people, his believers and nations, can come and be a part of that celebration. It's, it's not so much, uh, you, know, a, a, an, a, you know, that we don't want to, but it's a celebration. And we come and, you know, there's a, a food, there's, uh, you know, in the festivals that the Jews had, you know, they brought their harvest in and everybody provided. And it was a time of community, a time of unity, a time where people came together. And I, I believe it's a great essence for the Christian church to be a part of, that we're, we're, we're being generous, we're coming in unity. We're actually showing the rest of the world that we as Christians believe that God is God and Jesus died for our sins and we're, uh, you know, we're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit 
and we're generous and we want to come and celebrate that and we get all the artisans in, you know, those people who can sing better than myself and others, they can actually sing and lead worship and it's a beautiful sound to the Lord and those who can paint and those who can dance, it's part of who we are as people created in the image of God that we are actually expressing that love and that gratitude that we have to our Lord Jesus Christ. So if this is a season of celebration and worship and joy and unity and community and churches coming together. So I think it's a great, um, you know, uh, season to be in and be a part of. And that's what we're here. We're, we're saying, well, hey, let's come together. And uh, that scripture that, that says, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord and and uh, he'll teach us and show us his ways. And there's a great, you know, clarion call out to the world that, hey, we are God's children. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. It's Neil with you and an opportunity to be part of our conversation. I guess today we are talking about a number of different dimensions and taking us a step deeper in what we might understand as our Christian worship while we think of the celebration of Easter and of Pentecost. Well, we're talking about a festival that comes up a little later this month and is aligned with the Jewish festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, you might like to be part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Tell us your thoughts on what it is to be a participant in Christian worship. And Greg Cumming is with us. He's the founder of the Kingdom Festival and also Pastor Bill Laver, who's part of the Oversight Committee. Greg, sometimes we talk about some extremes in our Christian life. Uh, and oftentimes we think about the need to fast. Uh, the idea of, uh, you know, where it's sort of, it, you know, you, you don't really want to put on the gloomy face. And I know that the scripture talks about that sort of thing, but there's a seriousness about fasting. Uh, the alternative or the opposite end of the spectrum, of course, is having a feast. You've got feasting and fasting. And uh, sometimes we get a big focus on the fasting side of things. Uh, there's serious problems to address. We need to get before God. We need to have him intervene in our circumstances. How important is it then to actually make sure there's a good balance, uh, to actually be part of something that has, uh, that has this uh, festival approach of celebration? Absolutely essential. I think it's the heart of God uh, that we are um, motivated through our... Let me take you to um, Nehemiah, which defines the, what a whole holy day is. We call holiday a holy day is uh, one where we eat the fat, drink the sweet, and look after the poor. So um, there is, in the expression of our Lord, this idea of festivity and joy and fun. And uh, the idea of fasting and praying, of course, there's a time and a season for that. We're actually currently, Bill and I, are fasting right at the moment for the power of the Lord to come into the festival and so that people will actually rejoice better. So uh, the command over the Feast of Tabernacles is quite different to uh, you know, fast. It is a, definitely a festival feel. It is a celebration. In fact, God calls us to, he commands us to rejoice. How's that for a command? Uh, we're commanded to rejoice. I'm sure everyone feels quite liberated that God has commanded us in that festival to actually be happy, rejoice and celebrate. Uh, it is so important that we celebrate because significantly, 
all the harvest has been in. This is the symbolic reason for the, the Feast of Tabernacles is the harvest is complete. The food has come in. We've got enough for the next year. Let's thank God with everything in us. And so there should be music and dancing and eating and drinking and learning and teaching and looking after the poor. And those sort of values are the values around Kingdom Festival. When we think of Kingdom Festival or the Feast of Tabernacles, it should have that feel of happiness, joy, dancing, etc. Sometimes the image of Christian believers, and perhaps it's an old image, but that old idea of, you know, you look like you've been sucking on lemons, uh, the sort of sour-faced idea of the Christian who's down on this and down on that. And, of course, uh, you know, on this program we talk about a lot of controversial things, things that Christians need to be very serious about because impacting on our whole culture. But there is this opposite image again, isn't there, of uh, letting your hair down. And sometimes I feel like we don't let our hair down enough. Uh, let loose, cut free. Uh, is this the sort of thing that you're you're talking about when you talk about having a whole Kingdom Festival, a celebration like this? Absolutely. the The whole value of Kingdom Festival is celebration. So. Uh, yes, there will be teaching, and uh, you know we might be able to touch on that. Just some of the subjects that will be covered uh, through some of our international guests coming in. But we, and yes, there is advocacy uh, and social justice issues. We've got people coming in from media to talk to us about how we can be more impacting in our, um, you know, our message as Christians and our life as Christians. But the pr- primary reason for the festival is to come and rejoice, have fun. So we've got, and there should be, and there will be, colour and life and music and dancing, as I've said. People will be coming in. We've got eight nations coming to this particular festival. Uh, we had, I think, about four last year. And we've got some somewhere in the vicinity of 30 or 40 churches involved uh, in every aspect. And, you know, if, if, any, if the past is anything to go by, this is just one lot of awesome fun in the presence of God. I was reflecting with you in the break just a few moments ago uh, that uh, I recall a uh, a focus on the Feast of Tabernacles uh, going back about 30 years. And uh, I remember I was courting my wife at the time and she was part of a dance group. And uh, and you said, oh, that's, uh, that's something, you know, people used to dress up in white dresses and uh, waving tambourines and uh, all sorts of flags and things like that. And, and, you know, there was a little bit of that going on. But uh, the Kingdom Festival that you're, uh, you're leading isn't quite the same as that uh, style of, of uh, celebration. Well, look, um, I'm certainly uh, encourage people, if, they, if that's how they want to express their worship to the Lord at the festival, I'm just I invite that, but that's not our focus. Um, I also have you know seen expressions of that, and I understand the the symbolism of that is the preparation of the bride for the bridegroom coming back, and that's usually the white and the dancing and there's uh, timbrels and 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 I'm I'm so thankful for people. We do have people come to the festival who want to express their worship of the Lord like that, or wave banners, or blow trumpets, or whatever. Uh, bring it on, I say. But that is not the express focus of the festival. Uh, you'd probably find if you came to Kingdom Festival, there would be some expression of that. But by and large, it's a very contemporary. Uh, I don't think that if you were in an Australian church that you would feel out of place if you came to the Kingdom Festival. Uh, the expression that we have is much more contemporary. We certainly have worship teams coming in from uh, a plethora of different churches. We have Baptists and Uniting Churches. We've got Pentecostal Churches. 
this really is the unity of the churches coming together and you know enjoying each other um you know uh, I, I just remember a fantastic example of the contemporaneous and the mixture of uh, our you know different expressions of our faith when we had a Baptist worship team leading us in amazing grace afterwards uh, the speaker was a Pentecostal and got up and began to speak in tongues now that may have offended some people outside of the maybe the you know the, the expression of kingdom festival but everyone loved the fact that we were together and worshiping Jesus on the basis of who he is the king of kings I guess if I reflect on uh, earlier festivals, uh, one that uh, I went to, uh, part of the motive of the festival uh, was to actually connect with the Jewish community too. It was like Christians doing things that were a bit Jewish. Uh, The Feast of Tabernacles, a Jewish festival. Is there any sort of motive like that in connecting with uh, Jewish people in the community? Is that uh, that part of uh, what you're doing? It's a very big part of it. the the scripture that comes to mind is in Romans chapter 1 and it says um, that the gospel is the power of God to salvation to those who believe first for the Jew and then the Gentile. Um, we have a very strong connection with the uh, Messianic Jewish community. Uh, we have, in fact, one of our speakers is Lawrence Hirsch who uh, runs Celebrate Messiah and, and Beit HaMashiach in Melbourne uh, in Caulfield, you know, the, the holy city of Australia, the holy part of Australia is the, uh, the, the suburb of, of Caulfield. Um, uh, Lawrence uh, is very strong on his message of bringing the gospel message back to the original messengers. And so we, uh, in every respect, want to embrace our uh, Jewish brethren, um, and particularly those who believe in Jesus as the Messiah, as they say, Yeshua as Messiah. Uh, But that's not the only purpose of it. However, um, there is a lot of teaching uh, on our Hebraic roots uh, that people can opt into, at, but at the very same time, they might not, and they might like to look at something like uh, some of our guests, other guest speakers, like Craig Hill, who speaks on, you know, the, the the covenant and how to live as a successful life in a family, or Peter Tsukahira, who's talking about, you know, the signs of the times, prophetic fulfilment. He lives on Mount Carmel in Israel, but he's Japanese American, married to a Jewish lady. It's just huge cross-cultural, cross-information, cross, uh, you know, uh, expression of faith. Let me ask you, Bill Laver, when it comes to uh, these issues of, uh, you know, cross expressions of faith, there are some Christians who would say, well, uh, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm not Jewish, uh, but it's enlightening, isn't it, to actually have this connection to Hebraic roots, these Jewish roots that we read about in the Old Testament in the Bible. Uh, How valuable do you think it is, uh, you know, for Christians to appreciate some of that heritage and that foundation that there is to our faith? Well, definitely, Neil. The, uh, the point is that the Jews first, and we as Gentiles, you know, rode on their coattails to, be, to know Jesus. It was their rejection, the Jewish, you know, that rejected uh, Christ as their Messiah that opened the door for us as Gentiles to hear the gospel and, uh, you know, go uh, leaps and bounds, you know, in the West to have the influence of, Christian teaching in Scripture. So we have benefited greatly from their ignorance. But the Bible teaches us that we are to be a part of their restoration and that we are to show them love and to be incorporated and to invite them into, uh, not in an arrogant way or any, sometimes Christians can be arrogant and history has been uh, rather 
harsh on the Jewish people. You know, Christians have the Christian history. And and so there's been this sort of, you know, um, separation. But now's the time where God is calling the, the Jew to understand that Jesus is Messiah. And there's many, many thousands of Jews that have come to know Jesus who are Messianic Jews. But there's this great sense that the Jews are themselves looking towards Jesus and saying, well, maybe he is more than a prophet or maybe he is more than just a teacher or a rabbi. And so that's happening now. But it is important for us who call Jesus as our Lord and Savior, who are his disciples, who follow him, his apprentices, let's say, and do what he did, reconcile uh, not just Jews, but all people back to Jesus Christ. But there's something very special God chose the Jews to tell the Old Testament story. So, you know, uh, we as Gentiles uh, have to acknowledge that God and his word tells us that they are special people. Graham is in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome along to 2020. Anyway, uh, look, Neil, I'd like to say this, that your Bible, the Bible itself speaks to the world, if we all read it. The Feast of Tabernacles uh, is... It says in there that you shall go three times. It says three times. Go to the Feast of Tabernacles. Go to the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Jewish people, when you go to uh, Zechariah 12, it tells you about the Jews shall mourn for Jesus Christ. Go to Matthew uh, 24 and go to 30. It says the same thing. The world will mourn for Christ. The Jews have not been abandoned. They are with us. God has not left them. They will be part of God's people in the millennial rule when he comes and rules for a thousand years. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to myself. I'm actually going to the Feast of Booths very shortly. Well done, Graham. And uh, a response from you, Greg, on what Graham's sharing. Uh, uh, well, a response to Graham is that I agree with everything that he's uh, said. I uh, as far as the Kingdom Festival goes, which is uh, you know aligned with the Feast of Tabernacles, we uh, we welcome our Jewish brothers uh, and sisters uh, to join with us. Uh, I agree with the Zechariah 12 comment, and Zechariah 14 says that from year by year in the millennium, that uh, uh, the nations will come together and come up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. It's here to stay this event, and uh, there's uh, no exclusion of the Jewish people at all. In fact, they're going to be front and centre. We have the great privilege of joining with them. Graham, I always get from uh, from John, uh, who takes your call initially, that you're from Tasmania. Which town are you in in Tasmania? Well, I'm uh, from Burnie here. You're in, you're in Burnie. So is there a local Feast of Tabernacles happening in Burnie? Uh, no, we're going up to uh, New South Wales. Okay. Uh, yes, to have our Feast of Tabernacles. I guess these two men hold the Sabbath I would imagine they keep Saturday as the day of the Lord. Is that uh, for, I should say the Sabbath? Is that correct? Uh, no, I'm not sure that they do. But uh, let me just uh, get a response from Greg on that. Uh, well, no, we don't actually, uh, Graham. Uh, our church actually meets together on the uh, on Sundays. Um, we certainly have uh, many people who are coming to the festival whose churches meet on a Saturday on a Sabbath on the Sabbath day. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, we we're a an ACC, which is an Assemblies of God church. And many of the congregation uh, that will be a part of our uh, festival are from churches that don't necessarily meet on a, a, a Sabbath. 
Graham from Tasmania, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Mary in Adelaide. Hello, Mary. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, um, Neil. It's Mary Contreras. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> and hello, Bill and Greg. Lovely to, to just hey, to hear you talk about. Um, I've just come back from Israel with Mandy and Ian, Wobby. Wow. And we went to the City of Tabernacles. And as you're speaking, I can, I'm visualizing what uh, this wonderful messianic, messianic Jew was telling us about. He, they had a model of the um, the, tab, the um, tabernacle itself and how you know, he explained everything about what was in there, the Arthur Covenant and every, every procedure. And then he walked over to where the 12 tribes in Shiloh, where they would have started um, and and there's 12 flags to represent each particular tribe. And he talked about Hannah, where she was here, and she prayed for a child. All these wonderful things. So I'm encouraging every listener, if they can get down to your festival, to give us um, a new love and appreciation for the Jews, God's people. And yes, he hasn't forgotten them. And, you know, there's, there's now the uh, people are making Aliyah. All the Jews are coming back to Jerusalem. Uh, Mandy and Ian have been um, initiators of that. And speaking to these lovely, beautiful Jews who love the Lord so much, they have a passion that we need to have too for the coming, before God, God, Christ comes back, to speak to people, especially the Jews, reach out to them and tell them about the love of Jesus, no matter what, you know, because we have a responsibility. Coming back from Israel, as I read God's Word now, it comes alive. You know, I'm talking. I'm reading Old Testament. I guess been there, been to Mount Carmel, been to uh, where David, King David, was running away from from uh, King Saul, stuff like that. But, Mary, a wonderful experience yeah. that you have had, and yeah. I know that many of our listeners, most of our listeners, might never get that opportunity to actually have a visit to Israel. But when there is an event that's aligned with one of these Jewish feasts, is yeah. this just, uh, let's hear from Bill Laver, uh, Bill, and your response to Mary, but is this uh, like a little slice of uh, what people might experience uh you know this is a deeper thing that mary's talking about actually going to israel but i guess when you're aligning with a jewish feast this is a little slice of uh, of jewish history neil i think everybody takes something away personally it's a very subjective experience greg and i were talking about the presence of the lord that's there and people will say they don't want this to end the festival it's such a rich time it's such a you know, some people take a while to make up their mind to come, but once they're there, they go, we don't want this ever to end because there's such a presence of God. It's like, you know, the scripture says, honey in the rock. It's like you're just imbibing of this beautiful essence of of God, the Holy Spirit's focused on the Lord Jesus. And so the whole, you know, going to Israel, you get a sense of something deeper than just your normal day life. So Mary's experiencing that. But for listeners who can come to the festival, that's what you'll experience. It's not so much being Jewish or things like that. There's just a focus. Everything, we talk about fasting and festival and eating. There's something about when you set aside a week and for the Lord and consecrate it to the Lord, then God just is so faithful to pour in to whatever your needs are and whatever you're feeling. He just there's the presence of the Lord and it's rich. So uh, 
other than that, it's not a. All we're doing is coming into a season, calling it the Feast of Tabernacles. Let let me say, the first year we did that, we knew nothing about the Feast of Tabernacles. It was only the next year that somebody read out and said, "Well, don't you know that this date that is the Feast of Tabernacles?" And we all went, "Wow!" You know, it, it wasn't us; it was the Lord. So okay. very rich. Well, Mary from Adelaide, uh, Mary, just uh, let me just ask your uh, thoughts on what you've just been hearing Bill say when he says yeah. uh, that people get to the end of this festival and they say, uh, well, wish, we wish this would never end. And I suspect mm. that uh, people go on a tour to Israel and uh, you get something of uh, the presence of God and you Absolutely. hope that, that it never ends. And I, I suspect that's something you can take out of, uh, out of these connections uh, to these Jewish feasts. Yes, and I've just put together my three albums of 500 photos. And in the last photo I put in, I said, I wrote, this is not the end. You know, because it's 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 giving me uh, another insight into a love that we need to have. But as Jesus stood over and, and lamented over his city, so should we also also have a passion and also celebrate these particular feasts. If there's an opportunity to go and be a part of that and let the Lord speak to you and give you a new perspective, you know, show how we can. Uh, be brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of where we are. Well, Mary, thank you so much for your call today. Great to hear from you. Mary from Adelaide in South Australia. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, let's take another call. Ursula is in New South Wales. Hello, Ursula. Good morning. Um, I didn't sort of start listening to the conversation right from the beginning, but there's two things that sort of... I'm wondering if they've been mentioned. Um, one is the, the the fact that the Bible says that we are children of Abraham by faith, and so that makes us, and you know, it puts us spiritually into the generation of Abraham, the, the Hebrew, out of whom came the Jewish people. So there's a direct connection there, and also the olive tree that Paul talks about in um, I think Romans 10, that we are actually grafted into the olive tree, and, and Isaiah as well has a picture of, of, of the tree filling the whole earth, you know, the sort of um, reminiscence of the blessing of Genesis 12, 1 to 3. So I, I don't think God was taken by surprise when the Jews, Jewish people rejected Jesus at the time of the crucifixion and the resurrection. I think it was all in his plan. Um, so so our, the connection to our Jewish roots, especially spiritually, when I mean, to us Gentiles, when we're not actually when we haven't sort of genetically come from that from that race, but spiritually we have an, an unseverable um, connection to to the Jews because through them God chose to to bring His blessings. So it's all His doing. And Ursula, some good thoughts in there. Let's hear from uh, Greg Cumming on this uh, connection back to Abraham. Uh, uh, Christians and Jews share the same forefather in that sense. Well, I think um, Ursula's right. Um, the scriptures are very clear on that. I think, as um, perhaps, uh, speaking from the point of view of as a pastor, who's, you know, we've pastored my wife and I've started churches. We've been missionaries in Africa, and uh, we've we've sought to win people to the Lord uh, through preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus, uh, and uh, have seen thousands and thousands of people come to the Lord. Uh, the 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 scriptures are not unclear as to where the basis of our faith comes from. God 
chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's very clear he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says that for a reason. It's because uh, out of Abraham came the Israel nation, the nation of Israel, a land and its people, and out of that nation came the Messiah, uh, initially there was a rejection of the Messiah, not by all, obviously the first disciples were Jewish, but that, uh, you know, as Ursula pointed to Romans chapter 19 and 11 there, he said that their, their rejecting of the Lord was of benefit to us as Gentiles living in the farthest corners of the world. The Messiah has been preached to around the world, to uh, to all of us here in Australia, for example, We've received Jesus as our saviour and have now been connected back in to that olive tree she spoke of. It's a very deep subject that uh, Ursula raised, but it is it brings a richness to the gospel that's otherwise sometimes missed in our Western churches. Uh, we often just preach the good news of Jesus without really a greater focus on the kingdom of God and where did this all begin and why? And uh the the Jesus the Jewish Jesus the Jesus who was born as a Jew in a Jewish context in an Israel you know the winner understands the nation of Israel has now uh, sent that message of deliverance to the world we are accepting it and then being grafted back in to what Ursula describes the olive tree or Paul describes the olive tree we are the beneficiaries of this as Gentile Christians. And I, I think for us, that's, that's very noteworthy and praiseworthy. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. We're talking about a festival that's coming up later this month on the Gold Coast and recognising that there will be many around Australia who will be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, Pastors Greg Cumming and Bill Laver, our guests this hour, as we talk about worship, and I guess we're talking about a multi-ethnic context uh, where people from no matter what ethnic background they might have can connect and unite around a common Jewish feast, taking it back into the Old Testament of our Bible. And, of course, the Old Testament, part of Jewish history, but also a part of Christian history. Uh, Let me ask you, Greg Cumming, uh, on the day of the festival that we can read about in the New Testament, in John chapter 7, Jesus stands up in the crowd and he's at the Feast of Tabernacles. So this is something we connect directly to Jesus. And he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. How important is it to reflect on rivers of living water for Christians today and knowing that there's a connection back to this festival? Oh, look, the the master uh, just blew them away with those statements right in the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles, which is known as the the Messianic feast where the Messiah would come and rule and reign from Jerusalem. So here in the middle of the feast, he says, uh, you know, the rivers, of living, the rivers of living water flow out of you. Uh, when there was a water ceremony going on, you know, and at the end of the feast he's saying, you know, I am the light of the world, just as the great light ceremony was taking place. He was saying, I'm the Messiah. This is my festival. I want you to join in. And the the big point about the festival of tabernacles or feast of tabernacles or festival of shelters or festival of booths or whatever you'd like to call it is that it's about the nations of the world coming and being a part of that um, the lordship of Jesus in Jerusalem, ultimately, 
Uh, why we put on the festival and advertise it to the nations is that we want that life and culture and different expression of their, you know, their faith in the Lord to come together in one place. Imagine, uh, as on our first night, we've got 35 dancers from different nations, Fiji and Philippines and whatever, expressing different aspects of, uh, you know, the way that they express their faith. So dancing and singing and, and uh, you know, uh, look, I can't wait for the thing to begin. And I love it every year. But that's the rivers of living water that I'm talking about. And I think Jesus was talking about is when that full expression, the mosaic of believers from all around the world come together in that colorful expression of worship. I think there's nothing like it. Well, as time's running out, let me ask you about some of the logistics. Uh, Your church is the King's Church, and there's lots of other churches uh, in your city that are going to be participating. Uh, Just run us through some of the logistics of how it will happen uh, later this month. And, of course, uh, we're talking about the dates, uh, the 19th to the 23rd of October. Uh, How can people who are listening to us maybe on the other side of the nation uh, even think about if they were having a holiday to the Gold Coast, is this something worth uh, worth arriving in Queensland to be part of? Well, absolutely. Of course, I'm going to tell you it is, and you need to be there. Uh, but uh, first of all, I'll just say, for more information, they can go to the website, kingdomfestival.com, and on that uh, website, there's all the information on bios of every speaker and the worship teams that are coming. Um, yeah, I would say, come to the Gold Coast. Number one, the best beaches in the world the best theme parks that are in between all that, and the Indy happens to be on that week as well, while you're coming to the Gold Coast to have a break, register for those five days. Like Bill said before, set aside, consecrate, just put aside time for the Lord in those times. You won't be disappointed. We have churches from Gold Coast, Brisbane, um, overseas coming together, and they'll be leading worship in different sessions and uh you know, so different expressions of worship. Uh, we've got uh, the kids, uh, the the uh, kids of destiny coming to run all of our children's programs. They're just an outstanding thing. We've got fun and family carnival atmosphere type thing. Uh, why wouldn't you want to come to the 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 sunshine capital of the, of Australia <laughs> and be involved in the Great Kingdom Festival? You've had your free uh, your free kick with the ad there, but uh, but but you know what you're saying is uh, is very interesting because you've got the sun, the sand, and the surf. You've got race cars, as you say, uh, because the Gold Coast uh, racing carnival season is basically happening that week, and you could combine all those things. I think you'd you'd be saying make this your priority, but uh, you could be part of the Kingdom Festival and uh, just have a wonderful time exploring worship in a different way. Contemporary worship, but connected right back to Abraham, connected to the feasts that were established in the Old Testament, Jewish feasts, and what they mean for Christian faith. As we're enlarged, as we have a deeper understanding of what we might appreciate as ancient pathways, of ancient significances that enrich our Christian faith today. Well, I certainly hope that the festival is a tremendous success for you. You mentioned a website called kingdomfestival.com. I'll point listeners to that. They might be interested in starting their own kingdom festival in their own town. Uh, So wherever you might be listening around Australia, I'm sure that Greg Cumming uh, and Bill Laver will be able to uh, converse on a whole lot of different levels and how you put together a festival, something like this. But uh, Greg and uh, to you, Bill, thank you so much for taking some time to come in today uh, to discuss deeper aspects of worship 
and what it means to be a Christian believer connected with those Hebraic roots and with the prophetic looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, To the two of you, uh, thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. Thank you, Greg. Thank you to Bill. Great pleasure. Great pleasure, Neil. God bless everyone. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.